0: How's it going, everybody? Welcome to episode three of The Couch Coaches, presented by From the Couch. I'm your host, Ethan, and today I'm joined by the our first time ever, not an intern, he's a co-host, but it's his first time, and his name is Greg. Greg, how's it going? What up? <laughs> what up? Not a whole lot, buddy. Just uh, here to talk about some sports and stuff, you know, what we've been trying to do for the last month. Not talking shit, just glad you're here, that's all. Busy, busy. Yeah, I, I definitely understand that. So, just like every episode, we're going to start with uh, sports news from throughout the week. Uh, it's been a while since we've had an episode, but I'm pretty sure that's how we started, or at least that's how we're going to start from now on. <laughs> so, uh, I just want to know your thoughts on the Oilers GM talking shit about Tobias Reeder.
1: Well, they called out a player, underperforming player, they said uh, if he had 10 to 12 goals, they would be in the playoffs right now. Now, this is bad on my part. I don't know how much Tobias Reeder is making, but... You got Lucic, um, all those types of players. are so not performing to their potential now. I know, as a Bruins fan, Lucic hasn't really been the same since he's left Boston. But
0: oh, it's because Boston's something special, isn't it?
1: No, the, 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 to be honest, Lucic is just one of those players that the games caught up with them. They're just too slow now, kind of like David Backus. That's another story. <laughs> yeah. But uh, kind of same similar contract situation. But uh, yeah, I just think that. If if Tobias Reader is your problem, that's you could trade, you know, and I think there's a whole lot more problems in Edmonton than Tobias Reader. Exactly.
0: That's my point. How can you be... As, he's pretty much like an... What do they call it? Like inter...
1: Interim GM. He's
0: just, yeah, he's just filling in right now, and he's talking shit about Tobias Reader, who is obviously not the biggest problem, and... What's funny is you said you don't know what his contract is. The first thing that happens when you type in Tobias on contra- or on Google, it's Tobias Reader contract is the suggestion. So I look it up and he is on a one-year contract worth $2 million. So you mean to tell me that a guy who's on a one-year contract worth $2 million, $2 million is your biggest problem? Now, don't get me wrong. I agree with or I agree with what he says. He he's admitted he's not playing to his potential. He says, I could play better, but I feel pretty offended by what he's saying because you're singling out a player when we're still in a playoff race. So I don't know what the the, the thought process was there. The GM, I don't know, maybe chirp your goaltending.
1: Yeah, that can't make a... Kostner can't make a save glove side. He's just getting ripped apart. And Cam Talbot
0: had one good year,
1: and, you know, kind of trailed off after that
0: there's a lot of problems their defense is not good either no terrible didn't. to be honest
1: let's just cut it cut the chase
0: okay cut to the it's chase then.
1: mcdavid dry saddle and the nuge maybe darnell nurse now i don't watch a lot of oilers games being on the east coast but
0: yeah but nuge underperforms too
1: i know but do you kind of blame them
0: No, I'd be sick of that shit, too. He's kind of gone through the ringer with the Oilers. Yeah,
1: he's been there What? That was their second big pick.
0: So he's been there a while. Like I think five or six years. Yeah. Yeah, he's been there a while. So I definitely don't blame him. He's been put through the ringer, and now he's... Is he on the fourth line? I don't know, but I think... I think he could honestly be the next thing to go.
1: A lot of things need to go.
0: Just like looking for a new opportunity on a new team.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Well, you said you have 1 year left, so this is no, last year. No, Tobias Reader is yeah. on a 1 year, is 1 year left. I'm talking about uh Nuge. Oh. oh. I could see him looking for new opportunities. Yeah. Just my personal opinion.
1: But McDavid, I guess you got to if you're McDavid, you got to go through another rebuild.
0: I just I McDavid's an amazing player, don't get me wrong. But I think it, the Oilers did it very wrong. Like they didn't they didn't take that process properly. They kind of thought like McDavid could go through the ringer. Or not McDavid could go through the ringer. They thought they'd get McDavid and all their problems would be solved. And yes, generational players are a huge asset to your team, but they're not, they don't make or break a team. Yeah. Right, like hockey's a very team oriented game. You, yep. you can't just have one guy going and nobody else. There's mm-hmm. four lines, right? so
1: it is him and dry when like they're not playing together but still
0: they probably
1: say they're bottom six and i couldn't they're probably like ahl players That's exactly not gonna win
0: it's not gonna win at all and then mcdavid's obviously frustrated yeah you know he's doing it what he can and it's obviously it's enough but like how, what else can you ask him to do and i think it's tough of it's tough to ask him to also keep that locker room together because like I just said, I think Nugent Hopkins is ready to look for new opportunities. I'm not speaking for him. I obviously don't know, but he's probably ready to look for new opportunities. And if that, like if you see him ready to move on, then the whole locker room's falling apart. And that's also not on McDavid, but as a captain, it's tough to see and you have to go through a rebuild. So I don't know.
1: I wonder what McDavid is saying inside the locker room. Cause he's not one to speak out. He hasn't really, he's kind of, you know cookie cutter just say what needs to be said through the media and doesn't really say anything kind of off the record so i wonder what is said behind closed doors what's
0: actually being said yeah i agree with that i don't know i feel i kind of he's they're wasting his golden years that's all i know i kind of feel bad for him i'm not a huge mcdavid fan but i i do feel bad for him but fuck the oilers so who cares (laughs) <laughs> Moving on, uh the Blue Jackets are currently out of a playoff spot with 1 point or by 1 point, I think. Yeah. Uh what are your thoughts on that?
1: I don't know. McDavid's, I mean, McDavid, <laughs> Duchesne, <laughs> They said they kind of feel paralyzed by the pressure. I don't know. John Tortorella yelling at you every night. I don't know if I agree with him. Duchene kind of I don't know. I kind of somewhat feel bad for Duchene when he was in Colorado he demanded a trade and wanted to go to a playoff team gets traded to Ottawa makes the playoffs once and then look at him and now he's kind of got a spot if I was Dushane I kind of feel like
0: this is my chance to make the playoffs and kind of have a deep run with their team it's not to, I think it's not necessarily this is my shot to make a deep run in the playoffs because Dushane's still relatively young I think this is more like if I don't make the playoffs How does that look for me personally when I'm looking for a contract?
1: Yeah, especially he's looking one for this summer. Yeah, Half the team's looking for one this summer.
0: Yeah, and obviously quite a bit of money. Like He wants a good contract, right? And if you go from uh, Colorado not making the playoffs, and they had a good team, to Ottawa making the playoffs one year and then being absolute dog shit the next, and then now he's on a pressured Columbus team Trying to make the playoffs and they trade for him at the deadline saying, Hey, we need you to get this done. I could see why he feels the pressure. Like he, uh, mentally right now, he's probably fucking feeling it.
1: Which maybe big market teams will shy away from him in free agency because let's be honest Colorado and Ottawa aren't, and Columbus aren't exactly big market teams. The media's not putting a lot of pressure on you. Could you imagine that in Toronto, Edmonton, Boston, Montreal?
0: Yeah, that's that's also very true. I see what you're saying because he's saying he's feeling pressure. Yeah. So imagine if he was on a big market team where the media is on you every fucking night. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. But that, there's the problem too. If you're not on a big, big market team, what are the odds you really making the playoffs? Uh, like honestly, what are the if he ends up in somewhere like Arizona or well, Arizona
1: has a good team.
0: Not a playoff. Are they playoff team?
1: Yeah, they've and they've won games with like the most uh arizona's in the playoffs right now they're they're in the playoffs or just close just out they've lost uh they've lost the most games uh like most players per injury and they're coming back yeah arizona's a good team and that's not true tampa bay's not exactly a huge market it is now okay well let's i'd see. say it i Dallas i is it in the Lasters. playoffs
0: yeah, uh, yeah, but the, I don't count the West because they're they're fucking <laughs> they're,
1: just not counting the whole. Yeah, the West.
0: Well, the West. Their points are trash right now. No, yeah. but I agree. Okay, my statement was a little overdone. Not every non-big market team will not make the playoffs, but I'm saying the odds of him being on a team that has more pressure of putting a well performing unit on the ice, he has better odds to make the playoffs in that situation. But I just don't. I don't know where he would go. Who could? Who would really want him if he doesn't?
1: Well, there's a lot of cop room, Florida. Um... Florida,
0: a non non big market that will probably not make the playoffs for another two years.
1: The Rangers.
0: That's a big kept... market team. Uh... They can make the playoffs. And uh no, actually I don't know anymore. They could have made the playoffs. Now I don't know for another couple of years. They're kind of hitting rebuild mode.
1: Yeah, the Rangers. But I've watched some of the Rangers games. Like, they compete. Mika the uh, Derek Bizard trade. is looking pretty good for the Rangers. Because now, where's Derek Bizard?
0: Isn't he in Florida? No.
1: No, he got traded to Colorado, isn't he? And he got traded yeah, yeah. a bunch of times through there. That Mika Sabinejad's playing really well with the Rangers. Yeah, that's true. On a true. bad team.
0: Yeah. I don't know. I just, back to Duchesne, I don't know where he'll end up. But I hope... I mean, I don't hope th- that Columbus necessarily makes the playoffs. I just – I hope that this doesn't affect Shane's career that much because he's kind of been thrown into the fucking fire.
1: Yeah, he kind of did put him on itself. Remember the one time he refused to show up to training camp and stuff with the Columbus – and t- I mean, with the Colorado. Avalanche. Yeah. Because uh, he wanted to be traded. I don't know. I just – I kind of hope Colorado makes the playoffs because hopefully they – they would put up more to a more of a fight to Tampa Bay than Montreal would. Do you
0: mean Columbus? Sorry. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's yeah. all good. That's all good. Oh, oh, I'd rather see Columbus in the playoffs than Montreal, man. Fuck Montreal.
1: <laughs> but that's a big market, all oh, but big market. No, don't fuck win. Montreal, man. They don't <laughs> I count. I agree with you, but I just think that I don't know if Toronto or Boston want to get out. There's a
0: the... sorry. There's a perfect example. I'll let you get back to your Toronto Boston spiel. <laughs> I see that you say it after Coach Dom has left the building. <laughs> but there's a perfect example of uh, a big market that has a lot of pressure to put a winning team on the ice, and they never fucking do. The Montreal Canadiens. Fuck Montreal. That's that's an example of what I was trying to say earlier.
1: Boston's a big market. They've had pretty successful teams. Chicago's a big market They when they first start out. No, that's
0: what I'm saying. Big market team, big markets usually put well-performing teams on the ice. But Montreal is one of those situations well, what where what they're a the big market. What about the last 20 years? Okay, oh, them too. <laughs> I'll count them too. I don't give a shit. Well, they've
1: been terrible the last 20 years if you put them like the whole Yeah, thing. so I'm
0: putting them in the same bracket as Montreal. Okay,
1: but there's big teams that have done well. Yeah. So I don't know what you're saying. <laughs> I on guess one I, hand, <laughs> there's big teams that do well. I'm completely I mean. <laughs>
0: conflicting my fucking theory. My theory was that big, big markets usually put good teams on the ice. But then you're markets Montreal, don't... Toronto. Yeah, okay, my theory is completely fucked now. Because <laughs> uh, my point was that big big markets put winning teams on the ice because they feel the pressure. But then you look at Montreal and Toronto, and they always have a lot of pressure, and they never put winning teams on the ice, except for Toronto in the last couple of years, first round duds. But still, something. Uh, so, yeah, I guess my theory is completely fucked. Thanks, Greg. So go back to your well, Toronto, box
1: theory that's your fault yeah i was just saying that (laughs) i hope columbus i think columbus i don't think they have much of a chance but they have a better chance of beating columbus or at least getting them you know tired a bit before they play toronto or boston in the second round i'd much rather see columbus play tampa play tampa than montreal or in an ideal world i'd rather uh (laughs) <laughs> I'd rather see uh, Pittsburgh play Tampa, because I feel like Pittsburgh could, t- could, could... Take, take the best run, even though Melkin's hurt. So I don't know much about that.
0: Could make it to the Stanley Cup final?
1: No, I don't think so.
0: Okay, so what was your thoughts on uh, Toronto-Boston, though? You are going to say something, and then I cut you off, because I wanted to talk shit about Montreal.
1: Oh, I just think the again. I was just saying that. Oh,
0: that you think that if either Toronto or Boston has to play Tampa, you'd rather Columbus play yeah. Tampa first. That way they're tired going. Okay. Or
1: anybody but Montreal. Anybody basically. but
0: Montreal because Montreal Carolina, gets swept. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> see, see how I said that nice and smooth. Yeah. All right. Um, let's kind of switch over to a different sport. Let's go what? over a different sport with my with my Boston girls. Let's uh, talk about Mike Trout. Making four hundred thirty million dollars this year, or in the last week, he got signed by the Angels. Actually, you know what? No, we're gonna have an interview later on with uh with our buddy Riley. He, Rads. Rads. Uh, we're gonna have a little phone interview with him. He'll probably be on the podcast more too. So let's save the Mike Trout stuff for then.
1: Yeah, we'll have a whole baseball.
0: Yeah, we'll have a little baseball uh, action going on there. Let's let's focus on the NFL right now. This is this is my shit. Okay. You know your shit too, but this is my shit. And I got to say, this Says NFL. Colts fan. This, yeah. Well, let's wait till my Let's Go moment of the week for that, okay? okay? We had a good signing. The NFL free agency madness. Like, I see why they call March, March madness. It's not just about the college basketball, buddy. Because this free agency has been insane and probably one of the biggest I've ever witnessed in my years of watching football. I don't know about you, but. Yeah, probably. I can't think of a crazier year of, like, running backs, flipping teams, uh, big big quarterback signings. I don't know how big and effective a Nick Foles quarterback signing will end up being for the Jaguars, but I don't know. I think it could be – yes, he won a Super Bowl, but I think it could be a kind of like a Kirk Cousins situation. He gets a decently big contract and he just gets comfortable because yep. he's been looking for that his whole career, right? Like, flipping mm-hmm. from the Eagles to the Rams –
1: Eagles have a much better offense than the Jags do.
0: Yeah. Sorry, he went from the Rams to the Eagles, right? He got Dude. drafted by the Rams. Nick Foles, drafted by the Rams, went to the Eagles. Yeah. Went to Kansas City, went back to the Eagles, and he, yeah. So my point is, he's always been looking for a comfortable contract, right? To kind of set himself up. He won a Super Bowl, which is obviously every player wants that. Now Can I just you don't play on the Rams. Yeah, he did. I think. He I mean,
1: the. Uh, oh yeah, I was thinking about the St. Louis Rams. Oh yeah. Okay. <laughs> Sometimes you gotta go back. Yeah. Oh, duh.
0: No, but my point is. Yeah, I guess my point has kind of been put across. I don't know how well he's gonna perform now that he's got his money. That's all. Um, but there's been some crazy signings. The like the Colts have done nothing, but I don't know why they came to my head. The Raiders. Like them or hate them, they're getting ready to go to Vegas with some bit, pretty big players
1: that are gonna age out by the time their team's gonna be relevant. They got a five-year
0: yeah, they got a five-year cap on those players. I agree.
1: Five years, mm, that's stretching it.
0: Well, what do you, I think Antonio Brown could perform for another five years. A
1: thirty-five-year-old Antonio Brown.
0: Yeah, maybe mm. not. Maybe not. Not your number one wideout. Maybe. Maybe that's he... a lot of
1: money to pay uh, number four.
0: Well, how many years he's got left on his contract? Three?
1: I three or five.
0: <laughs> well, they're going to pay him either way. Uh, so I yeah. guess five years he better be effective. Yeah, and that's all
1: guaranteed now. That was part of the trade. Yeah.
0: I don't know. I think he could he could be all right for five years. But they're, they're building something over there to compete. Oh, I mean, the Chiefs, they're fucking falling apart. Yep. So I don't know.
1: Kareem Hunt gone. Tyreek Hill could be gone.
0: Let's let's take a look. Patrick Mahomes MVP of this of the NFL this year, 2018 season, but honestly take a look and think can Kansas City compete as well as they did last year in their current situation with their defense with no returning Eric Berry. Well, it's not confirmed yet, but he's not going to go back. No Justin Houston. Like like yeah, they got Tyron Matthew in free agency, but their right. defense is completely dwindled. No D Ford's gone.
1: Yep. And uh, well, they got they are getting a new defensive coordinator, but
0: I don't know how much that's going to help. Really, they lost Kareem Hunt, who was a huge piece to their offense the first half of the season. Mm-hmm. You, yes, you still got Travis Kelsey; he'll still perform. The Chiefs will still win games, but with this new shit with Tyreek Hill also being possibly traded or maybe not even playing, we won't have to we won't touch that subject too much because it's kind of. Allegedly, alleged, but um, I don't know. I don't know if Kansas, the, the Kansas City Chiefs, can perform as well as they did last year. So that division is kind of open right now. You know, you got Joe Flacco, the elite one, in Denver. <laughs> you got you got Antonio Brown now in Oakland. You've got the the Chargers are still the Chargers.
1: Yeah, I think the Chargers could possibly beat out the Chiefs in that division. Now, I could be totally wrong in that. Chiefs could go. This is
0: very early assumptions, but yeah. I I am agreeing with you that it's it's open for the Chargers to take the division this, uh, next year. Uh, it's kind of weird though. That division's fucking weird. Joe Flacco on the Broncos. Like, can we just have a hard knocks that whole division? Honestly, <laughs> like, yeah. fuck. Um, what else though? Other big signings. Le'Veon Bell to the Jets. That's a lot of money for a guy that you don't know if he hasn't played football and. Uh, what, a year, two years?
1: Yeah, I mean, it's a running back.
0: It's a running back, you know, those are a dime a dozen. I'm just going to be honest. Marlon Mack, Naheem Hines. I know I'm talking about the Colts, but it's true. You can get get guys that will produce well under an offensive line. Marlon Mack's great, but typically Mm -hmm. with a good offensive line, your running backs produce. So was Le'Veon Bell a result of a good offensive line? I don't know. I guess the Jets will have to find out if their gamble works. 'Cause right now I'm not too sure.
1: Especially if you know, he complain complained about Ben Roethlisberger. How much better is Sam Darnold?
0: That's also very true. I mean, Darnold's also is just a rookie, so he's got a lot to he's got a lot of growing yeah, to do. Yeah, but that's also could be a problem. He has a lot of growing to do, so is Le'Veon Bell willing to be patient with a young quarterback?
1: Well, I think that would be going into his signing because if he wanted to if you if winning was the number one uh, priority. priority for him, which if it was, I think he would have signed with back with Pittsburgh. Yeah, because he said he said it himself that if he was on Pittsburgh, they wouldn't have won the Super Bowl.
0: Yeah, I don't know. That's another interesting one. Uh, the Ravens made some weird moves. They got Ingram, which is just a depth guy. Like he's ob- he'll obviously be their number one running back, but yeah. Ingram performs well with another back. They got, what, Dixon, I think? So that'll that'll be interesting. They got Earl Thomas, kind of questioning why they signed him to such big money, but he deserves it. He's great safety. Um, But let's talk about what we think will be the most effective signing and the most – we got three topics. Most effective signing, most surprising signing, and the most useless. And I'm not talking, like, low lower-end deals. Like, I'm talking the most useless – Oh, like for bigger players, ish.
1: Okay, I'll go first. All right, I'm gonna throw a wrench in this one. Uh, I'm gonna say for most effective signing, uh, least effective signing, and the most surprising signing. I guess is kind of. I guess it wasn't really a signing; it was more of a trade. But I'm gonna put all of them into one. Joe Flacco. It's, it was kind of. It wasn't necessarily surprising that Baltimore was, was going to have to move on. Yeah because they have uh, Lamar Jackson, but it could be the least effective. Joe Flacco could do nothing, or it could be turned out, what, they gave up a fifth-round pick for him and a couple picks, Yeah, and then could be a franchise quarterback. Got uh, Sutton to throw to, Philip Lindsay.
0: I wrote a blog about it, for those who have read it. Thank you for reading it. But Quick I, plug. <laughs> quick plug. I really think that... The Joe Flacco signing is a sleeper decision by the Denver Broncos, just because I'm not comparing him to Peyton Manning. Peyton Manning's obviously way better. But is this a guy who's really out of his prime yet? Like, is this a guy who has a little bit left in the tank, something to prove that with weapons around him? You know what I mean? Yeah, so I just really think that Joe Flacco is kind of a sleeper sleeper trade for the Denver Broncos, and it could turn out to be well. Um, so that's all of yours mixed up into one. Yeah. Okay, that's interesting. I'm gonna take a little bit of a different approach for this. Most effective signing. Oh boy, um, most effective signing will have to be. Oh shit. I really have to think about this one. I'm gonna say Antonio Brown to Oakland. I really am. Now that's could be going on on a limb, but they need to address a wide receiver their wide receiver problem. And I think that they did with the addition of Tyrell Williams as well. But specifically, Antonio Brown, that saves you a first-round draft pick. You can focus defensively with that. And, yeah, I really think that's the most effective. That I think will be the most effective. Because he, he had the most touchdown passes last year. He'll do it again next year. Derek Carr will perform well. Not as good as Ben Roethlisberger probably, but I don't I don't know that for sure. Most surprising for me... Uh the Odell Beckham trade to the Cleveland Browns. Yep. I, I that's not a free agent signing, but that it's it's in the realm. I definitely think that was the most surprising for me. I was not expecting that to happen. That was absolutely insane. Um now the most useless signing? This one's actually interesting. I'm sorry for all you Bills fans out there, but I want to know what your thought process is to sign Cole Beasley, John Brown, and as much as I love him, Frank the Tank. Why are you signing three? John Brown's good. Don't get me wrong. He hasn't had a chance to really break out yet. He had some good years in Arizona. But Cole Beasley and Frank the Tank? What are you doing? What are you doing? That is so bad. That's horrible. You know Josh Allen likes to run. Right, he scrambles. If he has to run, how are John Brown and Cole Beasley going to block for him? (laughs) I'm not even, like, like, come on, man. And then, like, an aged Frank Gore to compliment LaShawn McCoy. Like, yeah, I guess LaShawn McCoy will get less carries if he's playing and not hurt. I don't know.
1: Yeah, well, Frank Gore is not a spring chicken eat. Like, they could get both hurt. Both could get hurt.
0: Frank Gore is, he doesn't get hurt, man. That guy is, he's... Another
1: year, though...
0: Well, it's just one year. I don't know. I agree with you. It's, it's a risk. Yeah. Definitely. It's a risk that they could lose both their, their running backs. So,
1: Especially on somewhat of a rebuilding team. You're signing older players. Well,
0: that's my point too. Is You have such a good defense and you're wasting your, your signings on these older players. Like John Brown, not a bad pickup, but I'm putting him in this ball because I don't understand it. But Cole Beasley and Frank the Tank, not a fan. Yeah, that's my opinion. I think that that's sums up the NFL free agency madness for uh, for this segment. But um, moving on to more March Madness, the NCAA. Now, I'm not a big college basketball guy. Once again, I'm going to throw a plug in. I wrote a blog last night, <laughs> my second blog ever. But I threw, I wrote a blog explaining my first ever experience with basketball in general, and more specifically, the NCAA. So. Greg, you're the one who got me started on this little excitement called the NCAA March Madness brackets. Please explain yourself and why you enjoy it so much.
1: Uh, I'm not uh, like Ethan. Uh it wasn't my first time watching college basketball, but I'm definitely not a huge college basketball fan. I'll watch uh, March Madness like when it's on, but I'm not watching like the tourneys and uh like um regular season games, but uh I like making brackets, like I'm sure a lot of people do. And, you know, when you're trying to get that perfect bracket that's next to impossible.
0: It's exhilarating, man.
1: Yeah, it is, especially when you have a team that uh, could pull off the upset when you pick them and they miss uh, a three-point shot to win the game.
0: Okay, listen, listen, are you talking (laughs) shit right now? Yeah. Okay, a lot of people are probably not going to read my blog, so I'll just give a little quick recap of it. So, basically, it's it's Wednesday night. I'm like, yo, screw this NCAA basketball. Basketball is a watered-down sport. Greg's like, dude, but I have, like, six brackets going. Make a bracket. I'm like, okay, I see you. I see you. So, I go on. You know, I, I go on to Yahoo. I start picking my bracket. I'm like, oh, shit, this is kind of fun. Like, just looking at the teams, being like, oh, I like this, this college because of their football program. I'm going to make <laughs> them win. And then I'm like thinking, "Oh, I need some upsets in the mix as well." And then you told me to take Cincinnati, thank you for, <laughs> You're Thank you for that. I had them going all the way to the top four, and that's done. Shot my bracket right down. But to explain what Greg is talking about, as most of you probably know if you watch college basketball, I had New Mexico, State. New Mexico State over Auburn. And they lost 78 to 77?
1: Yeah, it was by two points because they, if they would have shot the three, they would have taken the lead and won
0: the game. Okay, so 78 to 76. And that was the most exhilarating 10 minutes of basketball I've ever watched. And it's the only basketball I've ever watched. But needless to say, that was <laughs> fucking intense. It's got me hooked. I'm hooked to this March Madness now. I want I want the Sweet 16 brackets to come out or whatever they're called. I want to see Duke blues now like I'm I'm convinced this is good stuff. I won't watch basketball. I'm still not a basketball fan, but one time in March, I c- I can handle it once a year. It's definitely enjoyable. For about 5 minutes, I thought I was a March Madness genius when I had like three teams correct. So Uh who who's your team that you do you have any big sleepers right now that have won and gone through?
1: Oh uh, no, not really. I like all my sleep. All my uh, lower seed teams have lost, and all the my basically the higher seed teams have uh, lost too. Uh, I really thought Seton Hall and uh, Cincinnati were gonna have a good team. Uh,
0: yeah, I t- I took Cincinnati just because you told me to, and then I can't remember if I had Seton Hall. I think I didn't have Seton Hall. But I had Wisconsin. Shout out to uh, Big Cat from Pardon My Take. You know, I took Wisconsin for him. I had no idea that Oregon was actually good. So that, that kind of hurt me a little bit. Um, what else did I? I have North Carolina winning the whole thing. Nah. Yeah,
1: that's a, a good pick. Watch them lose tonight. But...
0: <laughs> I no, hope I, not.
1: Uh, North Carolina can't beat Duke. Even though I hope Duke chokes, but.
0: Who do you have winning the whole thing? I don't even think I know.
1: In in some of my brackets, I have Gonzaga. Some of my brackets, I have North Carolina. Other ones, I have like Mississippi State winning just... For fun? Yeah, just for fun. Trying to win that million dollars, but it doesn't look like it's going to happen. But, uh, you know.
0: Yeah, I uh, I only made one bracket. I was like a one bracket and one bracket only kind of guy. LSU in the top four. Uh, yeah. Michigan and North Carolina, all
1: number one and two seeds.
0: But you know what they were saying? I I watched after I made my bracket. I was like, oh, this college basketball stuff's kind of cool, right? It's this March Madness stuff is kind of cool. So I went and started watching some like videos and just basically people's thoughts on this year's uh, bracket choices. And they said, don't go for the upsets this year. This year it's going to be the higher ranked schools that are going to win. And so far it seems pretty accurate that the higher seed schools are winning i think there's one higher seed school that i had that didn't win um murray state beat
1: yep they have the lottery pick on their team i'm sorry i forgot his name but uh he played really well he basically single-handedly won that game for them against marquette
0: uh who else did i have i had another another big big school that uh got upset but that that doesn't matter. See, you can tell we don't really know much, but it's just fun to talk about it because I'm, I'm kind of hooked. I'm not gonna lie. Uh, but yeah. So I don't want to bore you guys too much with us, kind of pretending like we know about NCAA basketball. <laughs> so uh, up next we're gonna do our our phone call with Rad's our interview about the Chris Sale expansion. So uh, we're gonna tune into that Chris
1: and- Sale signing extension.
0: I said expansion, didn't I?
1: Yeah, not the Vegas Golden Knights.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Chris Sale's actually getting his own team. The the, the sailboats. (laughs) The extension of Chris Sale. We want to hear Riley's thought on that, so we're going to go to our interview right now, and then after that, we're going to finish off. Hey, uh, Riley, how's it going? Uh, Congratulations on your award. Thanks,
2: boys. Uh, Yeah, thanks for having me on.
1: That That was a bigger award than you ever won in hockey. Oh sh!
2: Buddy, I, I've 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 won a lot of awards in hockey, pal. <laughs> I, I got OMSA hats, I got I got medals, I, I got a lot of awards.
0: What Dude. about the ring stuck in your ear? Okay, thank you. What are you saying now? Okay, we have you on the podcast for about two seconds, and Greg's already roasting you. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Greg doesn't know what the fuck he's talking about. I've, I've, I've ignored everything Greg said. <laughs> this is my podcast debut, right? This is
0: your podcast debut. It's also Greg's, though, I, so... <laughs> uh, well,
2: well, that's embarrassing that I'm on the same. i make my podcast so at the same time as the fucking co-host. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that's very true. Uh, so, oh. since you got a nice award, we wanted to bring you on to the show today to talk about uh, your thoughts on the Chris Sale expansion. Uh, what is it? Five years for $150 million? <laughs> Five years, 150 mil. Boys,
2: let me tell you something. That fucking contract that I've done the last 10 years. I fucking love it.
0: Oh, you like hey, it? Am I
2: allowed to swear? You can swear. <laughs> All right, I can swear. And boys, let me just interrupt there, interrupt here for a second. I just want to say, I have no fucking idea why I won that award. I have no idea what it was for. <laughs> he just started, the process started babbling a bunch of nice things about me. He's like, Riley, come on up here. You won this one. So I was like, thank you. And I ended up winning the two shots award. It was a great time.
0: <laughs> Do you know what it was for at all or no?
2: No, he didn't say that. He was up there and he like six of us won awards and he was just like rambling on about me and all these great things about me, which are obviously all true. And then he ended up just handing me an award. You never told me what it was for.
0: It must be uh, It must be an award for that beauty hat that you wear. I'm not going to lie. Oh, buddy, <laughs> th- the hat is fucking fire. My mom was
2: the <laughs> one for the longest time and then she finally did and I've I've,
0: like, have not stopped getting off on it. Oh, dude. It, it, uh, it fits the role, I'm not going to lie. It looks good.
2: Yeah. Oh, hang on. They just got the door on me. That's the problem.
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs> hang on. Hang on. No problem. Okay, actually, continue. I'd like to talk while, while I wait for someone.
0: Okay, so, yeah.
2: Thank you. Thank you. I, I, I want the phone. Sorry about that. I
0: phoned it open. Okay. What are we talking? Chris sales tension. Chris, yeah, so... Uh... We just wanted your expertise on it. What what your thoughts are about the boy, extension you know, as a you, Boston oh, Red
2: Sox fan. Boy, <laughs> boy, you know, there's a I'm a diehard Sox fan. Like I said before we started talking about my staff board, No big deal I want it, that I love the extension. Five years, 150 bills. The guy, the guy is the best pitcher of the American League for the last uh, five years. He deserves every penny of it. And let me tell you, he did take a pay cut. Why? Because... David Price is not a better pitcher than him. Chris Dale, best picture in the American League, as I just said. He deserves a David Price extension, or a David Price contract, excuse me. And he took a huge pay cut so other guys can get some money and uh, stick around. I love it. I love to sign him. I'm glad he wants to be in Boston.
1: So uh, is he taking the pay cut uh, so he, they can afford Mookie Betts next year,
2: or what? <laughs> well, here's the thing. Actually, Greg, what you don't know is Mookie Betts is the next-year project. He's gonna want Mike Trout money. Mookie Betts not gonna get Mike Trout money. He's gonna want Mike Trout money. The thing is, after this year, JD Martinez, you know he's an oddball. He's gonna have another monster season. Jumbo Dong, I love that guy. <laughs> and we got uh, well, Ricky Raindrops for He's like the fourth pitcher of the rotation, but he's a Cy Young winner. You know he's gonna to want to get paid. We got uh, Brock Holt. What a beat that guy. playoff first game still so deal. You know he's gonna want some money. So you're fucked. Right, and then we got Sandra Bolbert, best short shopping the fucking season. like the second coming of Derek Peter, you know he's gonna want money after this year too. So so the RTM, they wrote said back in January, holy fucking He said that we're not gonna be able to sign all our top guys, but you know what? Sign Sale and that would be more I
0: I don't know if like Sale's good, don't get me wrong, and he could be the best pitcher in the AL. I'm not gonna doubt that at all. But I, I I, that's what I said. Best picture in the AL. I didn't say best in the league. You got the best in the league.
2: Let's clarify that.
0: <laughs> okay, Okay. you got the best boys, in the league. Boys,
2: I'm sorry if the, the sound's messed up. I had to go inside. It was too cold. i got my like, socks right on my
0: hand. <laughs> <laughs> it's a little better now. You are kind of cutting out of it before, but that's fine.
2: Okay, okay. We're inside now. We're we're under the tunnel here, but we're inside. People are talking. The game's going on in the background, but hopefully we're good. It's my all good. It's, it's sound effects. Outside. Yeah. Okay, so anyway, what were you saying now?
0: I think, what, I think Greg's point, though, was that Mookie Betts is a more important signing to the Red Sox for, than Chris Sale. Like You guys got well, a, such a good rotation already.
2: For sure, and, I, and, and for once in my life, I actually agree with one of Greg's terrible takes. <laughs> this one was not terrible. Mookie Betts is going to be more important. But let's remember, we, we don't sign Mookie Betts, which I think we will. I, I, think, I think we are going to re-sign him. It's not the end of the world. we we still got a lot of other talented players on that on that uh, diamond excuse me and you know to get Chris Dale we gave up a lot of the farm system the farm system is coming back now that was a few years ago we, we're, we're starting to draft to develop now so we lose Mookie Bench again I don't think we will I think we're going to sign him he's going to get probably um Mike Trout money that's what he wants I don't think he deserves it but that's what he's going to get but if we lose him not the end of the world
0: all right that's a respectable uh, opinion. Um... But why do you think $150 million is a pay cut? Like, is, that's, a, that's a pay cut nowadays? Because
2: here's the thing. Like you said, you just said it, Ethan. Chris Dale is probably one of the best pitchers in the American League. I think he is the best pitcher in the American League. I'm not just saying that because I'm a diehard shot. He is the best pitcher in the American League, right? He deserves $217 million, David Price. <laughs> Chris Dale deserves that money. Okay. Greg, you can, laugh, you can laugh as much as you want. He deserves that fucking money. He, he's been one of the best pitchers in the American League for the last five years and he still is constantly good so for him to not want more money than $150 million. you see how the free agent market yeah. is working Ethan all these guys are holding out until they get got the contract yeah, or they're, stupid. Only stuck with, they're only getting stuck with one year you know, because no one's going to pay them but anyway Mitch Marner uh, so you know if Chris Dale hits the, the market he's going to want he was going to want more than $200 million you, you realize that
0: I, I you, you gotta agree with that but yeah he's going to go to the Blue Jays <laughs> <laughs> the, oh yeah,
2: for sure, because you know you want to join a rotation of fucking uh fucking shoemaker and fucking play girl <laughs> 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 So anyway, so I'm saying a hundred and fifty million for him, it's a face cut. It is you can't tell me it's not a face cut.
0: No, I think it, I think it's uh, then, I,
2: then why the hell are you asking me if it was a face cut? Who because because ba- I or, just or, wanted or, to know or what Drayton, another one to see.
0: No, that's my—that's <laughs> one of my stupid takes, because I think baseball is getting a little, a little ridiculous for the fact that 150 million dollars is considered a pay cut by their fans. It shouldn't funny, be funny,
2: like funny. that. Me, Ethan. I listened to the last episode. Okay, <laughs> where, where you? Where you and Post John were talking about this, And I and I agree with you. I completely agree with you. I think decide fucking I, I I think Bryce Harper maybe Bryce Harper deserves like around 200 mil over 200 mil. Andy Machado, no way in hell, three he three hundred million dollar contract for ten years. That's ridiculous. Exactly. So, so I, I, I do agree with you in a sense that the market is getting a little. Uh, or that these players are self to the market. I don't care if it's going to players or not. They, they they don't deserve this money. Mike Trout deserves every every uh, penny of that contract. He's the only one that deserves that money. All these other guys that are signing, no, no, they don't.
0: I don't. I don't think any. Any athlete, especially ball so, players, yeah. should be worth four hundred thirty million dollars, Riley. But we'll, we'll keep our opinions so You, you don't. You
2: don't. Okay. But here's my thing, Ethan. Mike, Mike Trout is probably one of the greatest athletes of all time. Oh, uh, the greatest baseball player of all time. He's he has to be in that mix now. I got to chuckle there to the game has but he's has up there one of the best ones of all time. And given how the market has come, uh, you, you know he was going to get paid. And I think considering what, 100 mil, 200 mil, standard contract for a, you know, generational player now. Mike Trout's more than a generational player. He deserves the money.
0: Okay, yeah. Well, if you're yeah, going to look at it that way, yeah. I yeah, guess you're right.
2: Uh, and, and again, I agree with you. If this was 10 years ago, Mike Trout was not, and Mike Trout was Mike Trout was making $430 million
0: on contract. No, definitely not.
2: But, but the game has changed, right?
0: Yeah, it has changed. Greg, do you have yeah. any uh, matters of opinion about this?
1: I just think that uh, the MLB would kind of want uh a marketable player to be their highest-paid player. Mike Trout doesn't do a lot of stuff in the media, and he doesn't seem to be that marketable. That's true. Mike
2: I... Trout is marketable. I don't know. He plays in fucking California. What are you expecting? He's not playing for the fucking Yankees. He's not playing for their. He plays in fucking California for a dog-shit team. I commend Mike Trout for signing a culture contract, a lifetime <laughs> What do you it. mean he got offered four hundred thirty
0: million dollars? <laughs> <laughs> Obviously, he's gonna take it.
2: I commend, I commend, don't or, commend right, shit. Right, I, you don't commend, uh, I commend shit. It. He could have went to the market, and some team would have given him five hundred mil. Probably the Yankees to share a bunch of people. <laughs> I I agree. I agree with Mike Trout signing the contract. All right. All right. I, I, and I and I and I and I like him. Saying, he, he he wants to be an angel for life. Not many people are like that anymore. You know, they wanna they want to touch the to market. Their team to the team. Mike Trout is going to stay on a city team that will not win a World Series.
0: For life. If you if you offered me more money than I'd ever seen in my lifetime, yeah, I'd want to be an angel for well, life of too. Dude, who
2: take that money, bro?
0: <laughs> well, Riley, uh, we appreciate your opinion, and uh, after this, I definitely want to have you on the show because I like not on a phone interview because I think it'll be really good. Yeah, Boy, I,
2: I, I, I had fun. Let me just say, Ray, right?
0: your are are fucking
2: pathetic in high school, and five years later, they're even worse. <laughs> I, have, I had a blast, and I, I would love to come back on this show. This is, this is cool what
0: you guys are doing. I like it. I'm, I'm a fan. I, I want to m- it all the time. Thank you. Thank you. I want to bring you on this show and have you in the same room as Greg. That way I could see how heated it gets. Because, Especially because, hey, like.
2: I would love
0: that. NHL playoffs, I think you're going to be coming around, buddy.
2: <laughs> good, good. Don't worry. I'm already trying to start my bracket show. And, Greg, let me tell you the Bruins they are done in the second round. Oh. You. Done, <laughs> now, done in the second round. <laughs>
0: <laughs> all right all right Riley. well uh i'm gonna let greg hold that thought and uh for when you're actually here for the podcast uh, i'm awesome. gonna let you go and finish enjoying your hockey game and uh thanks yeah. for coming on to the episode
2: thanks boys have fun
0: all right have a good one
2: I'll See you later.
0: all right so you guys just got to hear rad's for the first time uh he'll probably be on the podcast more he's got some pretty interesting takes especially for baseball and uh, we're going to finish off this week's episode with our let's go moment of the week. Greg, you can go ahead and start if you have one. If not, I'll go first. Uh, I
1: have one. It's not necessarily a moment, but I, this might be a little biased. But uh, having Brad Marchand more, way more active on, on social media, I think it's not just good for Bruins fans like myself, but it's good for the whole game of hockey, kind of growing the game. I know he's ne- not necessarily like growing the game as per se. He's not... Getting little kids on hockey sticks, but <laughs> <laughs> he's just um, – or on skates, but he's – little kids on hockey sticks. He's getting definitely more exposure. Like, people are seeing it on uh, Twitter that might not necessarily uh, see it.
0: Um, I think what's interesting about Brad Marchand – not to interrupt you, but what's interesting about Brad Marchand now on social media is everybody knows he's a rat. Okay, like I'm not a Brad Marchand kind of guy. But he does some shit in games that's pretty funny and entertaining. Yeah. And now he's bringing that to a bigger platform where certain uh celebrities even or just normal people who are on Twitter might not see it. Yeah, But now they get to see it. So I I agree with you that he is he's definitely growing growing the game in a different kind of way. Mm-hmm. It's it's almost like the Spinning Chicklet's podcast but Brad Marchand edition. Like he's just got so he's got some funny humor to him and like yeah. you know, he's he's very he's very uh interactive with other players in the league and mm-hmm. I don't know. It's definitely been entertaining so far. So but I think the spinning Chicklets podcast does a really good job as well for expanding like a lot of people who listen to it are hockey fans, but they're doing a good job expanding yep. the game of hockey as well. So I don't know. You can continue if you have any more thoughts.
1: Yeah, I was just saying like we see football players and basketball players on Twitter uh be talking talking trash sometimes sometimes not in a good way Dwight Howard uh, but like <laughs> people are talking uh talking about them and you know kind of creating buzz but you don't really see that in hockey and I think Brad Marchand would be one of the most active people on uh Instagram and Twitter, it probably will slow down during the playoffs. I guarantee. Well, yeah,
0: because that's serious time. Yeah,
1: I don't think the the Bruins' management wants them tweeting in the playoffs. So. Well,
0: I mean, you don't know that though, because Donald Trump's the president and he still gets away with, yeah, tweeting it but... like fucking twenty four seven. So who knows? I mean, you're you're sorry about that, guys. I was trying to just my thing, but you're right. It'll probably will slow down in the playoffs, but it's just it'll be good. To have him around. <laughs> it, I'd like to see more guys get on board with this. Uh-huh. Like, who who do you think, outside of the Bruins, would be funny to have on social media? Uh, like, think about how funny Biz Nasty is. Can you imagine if Biz Nasty was on social media and, like, active the way he is now? with Bart Well, he, he
1: was a little bit during his career. But, but, obviously, he wasn't a star player. Yeah. Come on the pod. <laughs> 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 but, uh... No, uh... Um, I'm trying to think some players that would be funny on Twitter. Um,
0: Like you see, you see past players start up their own brands and stuff like that. Like it's not hockey, but Mm -hmm. Pat McAfee with football Uh and like giving exposure to punters. And uh, I think John Scott has his own podcast now and his own brand starting up. It's like you see a bunch of players do it once they're done their careers. But just like you already mentioned, basketball players and football players are already very active within their social media communities mm-hmm. and with other players and stuff like that. So I think we need to see it more in hockey. And
1: I'm not just saying like starting so- social media, like a bunch of NHL players have social media, but they're not as interactive. And they're not,
0: they're not using it the way that it,
1: Rob Marchand's using it. It could be used yeah. the
0: potential it has. Yeah. Yeah. I agree with you on that. It's also a really good way to market yourself too, though. Uh huh. You know, like, like some of the shit you've already shown me is so funny. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, And
1: and it's pretty funny. Like some of the players, some of the players on Boston are kind of having fun with it. Like him and Troy Krug are, uh, are bashing each other on who's shorter and that kind of stuff. And Pasternak's been tweeting back at them. It's, it, hopefully it all stays positive. Hopefully there's not something that gets on Twitter that shouldn't be, but I don't see Brad Marchand doing that.
0: No. Uh, It also kind of creates a, like I'm sure the guys already all get along really well, but, kind of creates more of a friendly atmosphere within the locker room and stuff. Right? Yeah. Uh, he kind of already does it, but my thought of a player who could definitely benefit from using social media, the way Brad Marchand does is, uh, Roberto Luongo.
1: Yeah. He, he, he kind
0: of, he kind know, of does, you know, he's kind of now, a joke. He's experience. not as interactive. I don't think. No, but I mean, he's kind of towards the end of his playing yeah. days, but
1: I think he would be a perfect analyst. He, on yeah. TV.
0: He's so, he's funny. He's just, I think he's the he's a good example of somebody who should take advantage of take advantage of social media like Brad Marchand. Mm-hmm. Uh
1: what's your uh let's go moment of the week?
0: My let's go moment of the week is not something as fun, unfortunately. I mean, mm-hmm. it's fun for me. I don't know how much fun it is for opposing quarterbacks in the AFC South. Oh, here we go. At you Deshaun Watson. We own you, bitch. The Indianapolis Colts get linebacker Justin Houston on a 2-year deal worth 24 million dollars and I think it's like it's not not all of it's guaranteed obviously. Yep. Huge signing. I'm pumped we finally spent some of our f- our money that we had in cap. Um veteran leadership for the Colts with a young they have a very young defense, a very young linebacker core as it is, right? With uh Anthony Walker and uh Darius Leonard. So I really think that this is a good signing. You could say he's a little washed. I don't care. Nine sacks and five force fumbles last year is not washed to me. I think he's going to be a perfect fit for our pass rush. Um, and again, I think this is more specifically just a leadership kind of deal where bring, bring him in, let him teach the young guys what he knows about the game. He'll retire after that. I it, agree with you. Maybe get him a Super Bowl. Who knows?
1: I don't think about that, but uh, I agree with you. You can get leader. You can I think agree with the leadership, but you can get a leadership a lot cheaper than that.
0: Yeah, but look at the linebackers that are available. Who's cheaper?
1: I'm. Um, uh, I that
0: that's a good option. Like he yeah. still he can yeah, still yeah. play well. Like you don't need him. He's also you got. I think they're. I think he's playing defensive end. I don't think he's actually playing. Like he might play a little bit of right outside linebacker, but like yeah, in a yeah. blitzing, depending on the package. But he's mostly just pass rushing, so I don't see a better option that was out there than Justin Houston, really. Mm-hmm. I think it's money well spent. That's my personal opinion. That's why it's my let's go moment of the week. But yeah, I don't know. Uh, I just want to get my thoughts out there about the Colts in general right now. Okay. The defense is going to be nasty. And again, signing Justin Houston now frees up our opportunity to sign maybe a corner in the draft or they could still go for a pass rusher, but I don't know. Um but the Devin Funches signing people are kinda like, why are you spending that much on a on a receiver for a one year deal and it's Devin Funches, that guy can't catch a fucking beach ball. <laughs> but I think it's it's fair, you know? He's not gonna have Cam Newton throwing him the ball anymore. He's gonna have Andrew Luck throwing him the ball.
1: Well, maybe Cam Newton will be throwing a little different, but that's a different story for a different day.
0: <laughs> Did, wait, are you talking about what he posted on... Uh, yep. or what, yeah. Hashtag
1: so, keep pounding. <laughs>
0: yeah, he gets pounded enough. He doesn't need to get pounded <laughs> for one month. Um, But yeah, Devin Funches, I think it's a great signing. It's only a one-year deal. It's basically like a, like a tryout for $13 million. <laughs> it's like, hey, if you can learn to catch a ball and be really effective, we will sign you... L- for more money. So yeah. I, I like it. But Cam Newton, I'm proud of you, buddy. You know, somebody's gotta do it for all of us, you know. <laughs> You're like Russell Wilson now. Russell Wilson's
1: Well, Russell Wilson can, but he's married.
0: Yeah, no, it but I'm saying he's the Russell Wilson of now oh, of twenty nineteen.
1: First six months or three months, whatever he said.
0: One month. Oh. One Pretty month. sure he said one month. <laughs> he's not he's uh it's the off season, so they're not pounding. You know. Well. Panthers aren't pounding, so neither's Cam Newton. Uh, but that's how I guess we'll finish off this week's episode, talking about Cam Newton not pounding in the off season. Good for him. Uh, Greg, it was good having you on the podcast for the first yep. time. Glad to have you as a co-host. Can't wait to have you, Coach Dom, and I all in the same room.
1: Yeah, and maybe Riley.
0: Bring Riley in here as well. Oh my gosh, that, it's going to oh. get heated. Maybe we'll do something fun for like uh, Opening Day or something for Riley. I think yep. he'd enjoy that. But, uh, yeah, this has been another episode of uh, The Couch Coaches, guys. Until next time.
1: See ya.